Boozehound Entertainment presents A Walk in Darkness. He claimed to be a guardian angel named Alec. Alec. From God Failed, Christian's guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Yep. It sure looks like it. But wait, there's more. He said he was turned human by God so he could have more power to fight and kill a demon. We're searching for the Demonic Testament, a book written by a demon, and you're coming with us. Hey everyone, I know we have a lot to talk about tonight, but I really cannot wrap my head around the idea that God would resurrect Hanley to make Alec human. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot to take in, but can we really call this a resurrection? Well, sure we can. I mean, Hanley was dead, and then he rose from the dead, and God used his body and soul to make an angel human. Yeah, but see, this is where it gets sort of complicated for me. On one hand, you're right. Resurrection is basically the reconnection of a soul to the body. But I kind of feel like in this case, it's not really Hanley. His body and soul, sure. But as we'll get to a little later, this body and soul was borrowed by Alec to find and kill a demon. He knew he was angel turned human by God. I see your point. But everything points to this individual being Father Martin Hanley. He looked like him, probably walked like him, and had the same mannerisms. And he even had his exact name. Right. So then, who's responsible for the acts committed by this borrowed soul? Hanley? God? Alec? Who? Uh, Well, I think the question is, if God resurrects the soul, is that soul immune from sin? Are they acting on behalf of God? Well, even if that soul commits evil? Is it evil if it's God's will? Well, that brings us back to the concept of good and evil being one and the same. It it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder that how many times this has happened. I mean, does Lucifer have the same power to resurrect? Oh, man, that kind of thinking will just drive you insane. And speaking of insanity, that brings us to the Kirkbride Asylum. And so the weather finally cleared up, and we were able to make it down to everybody's favorite asylum. It was a bit weird going back, but it's just as I remember it. Well, the good news is you knew some of the staff still, and and that really helped us. Yeah, it did, a little. Um, We couldn't really get much because of doctor-patient confidentiality, but we did get some stories. Yeah, and that's not the only place we got a story. You want to get into that? Uh, No, no, not quite yet. We're going to save that for last. Okay. Okay, so like I said, we couldn't get much, but my old nurse, Nurse Carrera, told us a story that is one of those urban legend type stories that gets passed to every new staff member. Yeah, as she told it, there was this patient who was admitted by the church, a priest. He claimed to be an angel sent to kill a demon. About the same time, the head doctor went missing, and a new doctor took his place. And we're going to have more on this a little bit later. But, apparently, this new doctor had the hots for the new intern. Ariel. Yep. So, he basically told her that this new patient was hers to treat. 
He never saw this patient, and it was clear to everybody in the staff that Ariel was the only one allowed to treat him. And apparently, this new patient told Ariel all kinds of crazy things, some of which she believed, some she didn't. And there's supposedly some tapes out there of all their conversations, but nobody quite knows where they are. So anyway, one day there was a fire in the asylum and both Ariel and Hanley went missing. It wasn't until after the search of the grounds that they were found dead from an apparent fall from the clock tower. I, nobody ever really knew what happened, but after the fire, the new doctor was gone. And the old doctor was found tied up and dead in one of the empty rooms. And get this, the missing doctor's name was Dr. Chester Abernathy. He was a creepy dude, always trying to get into the nurse's pants, which is why nobody really cared when suddenly he was just gone. But the doctor that took his place, his name was Dr. Is it Laron, I guess? Laron Rathus? I guess that's what he went by. Yeah. Rathus. Rathus. Rathus, the anagram of Sarath. And that brings us to something Sutton read in the Lost Bible. Sarath's Confession. Yes, yes. You gotta read that for everybody. Okay. All right. Forgive me, Sutton, for I have sinned. It's been forever since my last confession, but I know you'll absolve me, for that is not what demons practice. It began when I took a boy's soul and kept it for my own pleasure. After I took Christian's soul, I knew Lucifer would hunt me to the ends of the earth to retrieve what was rightfully his to take. So I cloaked myself in insanity in a place you know well, the Kirkbride Asylum. My first order of business was to put myself in charge of the asylum, which led to me gagging and tying up the head doctor and stuffing him into a storage room. I could have and probably should have killed him right then, but even I could not stand the stink coming from his tainted soul. From then on, for the first time in my being, I was aware of time. I knew I could not stay there for long, but I found comfort in the screams and the silky caress of Christian soul next to me as I slowly planned for my next hideaway. When who do I see enter through the staff doors, all grown up? Yes, yes, Ariel Langford, Christian's beautiful fair-haired girlfriend. My connection to her first sparked as I held tight to Christian's soul as soon as it moved from his cold body, and I tasted her warm, salty tears left gleaming on his lips. From that moment, I needed to experience her last breath with her. Then keep Ariel's virgin soul for eternity. You can imagine my disappointment when I discovered her virtue was taken long ago by many men in dorm rooms across her college campus. Poor girl, using the pleasures of the flesh to cope with life's cruel ways. My annoyance was short-lived as another friend entered the asylum through the front doors. My good friend Alec, the guardian angel. But now he was dressed in human form as that priest Hanley, though I knew it was him with a slight shimmer only my eyes could detect and the smell of vanilla dripping off his new skin. I had not fully developed my next plan and could not dare take a chance of seeing my old chum and him recognizing me. So as the new head doctor, I told my favorite human, Ariel, she was to practice her voodoo on him alone for this was something 
I had to see for myself. After all, the priest and the girl knew each other from a different life. I yearned to know why God had given Elick this man's body and soul. Their first encounter brought me such glee I almost wept, for Ariel, wide-eyed with fascination, could not speak. Then, with Father Hanley's voice, Elick told her who he was, and she stepped in for an embrace. And though there were many other joyous moments watching and overhearing Ariel with Elick, who tried with every word to convince her who he was, I knew we all would need to part soon. But I vowed to both Christian and myself we would be with Ariel again at her end, not knowing how soon that would be. With each sunrise and sunset, I grew more anxious with the knowledge of the minions creeping closer and closer. The insane could only hide me for so long. Fire always works well as a distraction for man and beast alike. Flames provide plenty of camouflage for an escape. But here's where things went awry before I could snap my fingers and let fire envelop the whole place. As luck should happen, I literally ran into my old mate in the white and green tiled halls of the asylum, and as I feared, he knew me at first sight. From that moment on, this angel priest tried to convince Ariel I was a demon come to take her soul and who had claimed Christian soul as my own. This is where he lost any hope with my beautiful Ariel, for even though she knew what he said must be true, she could not betray me. We had grown so close, and I had enveloped her with such joy that she could not bring herself to flee with this abomination. And this is where I came to possess the knowledge Elick, or should I call him Father Hanley, planned to kill her. His sole reason was to save her soul and obstruct me from running off with it but I think he was jealous of my relationship with her. Alec was always jealous of me, and knowing him as well as I did, I moved forward with my plan and started the fire knowing deaths are always an outcome of a disaster. I caught up with Alec and Ariel as they both fled from the flames and smoke, Ariel fleeing the deranged priest who had comically told her of his plan to kill her just to save her. She climbed the clock tower, Alec in tow, waving a Bible around like a gun. The music of horror filled the air as I watched them argue, pulling, pushing, screaming, until it happened. Ariel went out the window, bent backward with Alec pushing her with all his weakly might. As her body inched out through the opening, Alec kept telling her he was sorry, but this was the only way to save her soul, for he alone would stop the demon from pouncing on her soul as it departed her body for heaven. Then gravity took hold of her body and pulled her to the ground. But you know what my little devil did as she fell? Ariel grabbed onto that psychotic priest with both hands and took him with her. I watched both descend in slow motion. It's better that way. You get to see the myriad of facial expressions as death races towards them. And finally, they hit. Bounced a couple times then drew their last breaths, arms and legs intertwined. And dear Sutton, this is where I sinned again. I stood over their dead bodies, and I took both souls. Yes, both of them. And it felt good. You haven't experienced anything until you've stolen the recycled soul of a holy man. What a rush! 
better than any form of human contraband someone could snort up their nose. Oh, and yes, I know you're dying to know. Ariel's soul was every bit delectable as I knew it would be. You now have my confession, and I can walk away without a single Hail Mary or other acts of contrition, for the demonic testament will do that for me. With all that I am and could be, Sarath. This has been the Supernatural Thriller Podcast, A Walk in Darkness, produced by Boozehound Entertainment. Follow A Walk in Darkness on Instagram and Twitter, and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs>